Hello there, Radiant Soul. You are listening to Into Your Being. I'm your host, Marklena Lyon, and on this podcast, we cover a wide range of different topics that incorporate the whole being. We talk about wellness, self-compassion, mindfulness, prayer, spirituality, and sensual embodiment. If this is something that aligns with you or sparks interest in you, then you have landed in the right place at the right time. Let's get started and dive right in. Oh, hello there, Radiant Souls, and welcome back to another episode of Into Your Being. I'm your host, Marcolina Lyon. If this is your first time tuning in, make sure that you pause this episode and listen to last Thursday's episode, part one of signs that you may be lacking self-compassion. This is the second part, and I don't want you to miss out on any of the information because I am on a mission (laughs) to inspire, encourage, and plant some seeds of compassion in our world and all around. So I want all of us to feel this sense of connection and safety within ourselves because I know for myself, it's been this journey of self-compassion and being able to be a safe person to come to myself when I'm in my lows, I've, I've had failures, I've made mistakes, and now I am needing of compassion in order to move forward in my life. And unfortunately, many times in my life, I lacked compassion and I was very hard on myself and I was very unkind to myself. And where it left me was feeling so disconnected from myself, from the relationships that I had around me, and even more so to my faith and connection to God, universe, source, and When I found myself in the position of disconnecting from my faith, my spirituality, it left me feeling empty and lost. And uh, today I was listening actually to uh, Brene Brown, Rising Strong. She was talking about meeting yourself with compassion and rising again after you have had failures. And one of the, the main steps is spirituality. In her study, she found that people need spirituality when they are called to rise again in their life and to rise strong. She also found that spirituality, whether you go to a church, whether you go fishing, whether you dance, whether you pray to a tree, whether you just lay on the ground every single day, everyone's version of spirituality is vastly different. Yet we all connect to something spiritually, something that's greater than ourselves, that makes us feel this connection and this unspoken knowing of our oneness here. I bring this up about spirituality because I believe that when we are building this sense of compassion, we are rising in our life. We are rising strong. You know, God is rising. <laughs> it really it means that. Like, what is that rising to you? Whatever you want to call it. What What does your rising mean to you? And what are the important components in order for you to step forward in that rising? And I have found, and and in my learnings and studying too, and other professionals learning and studying is spirituality is one of the strongest components when we face failure in order to get back up is to believe in something greater than ourselves and to to connect to that power, connect to that warmness. For many reasons, I want to inspire compassion and continue the conversation of compassion over and over and over again. I feel as much as our world doesn't always love to talk about self-love or self-compassion, that says a lot in itself. 
I noticed that people will gather talking about negative things more commonly and more easily, and they will con- continue those kinds of conversation. But when it comes to like self-love and self-compassion, people don't even know how to fully relate and have these conversations about themselves, loving themselves, and then also spreading that and really hearing it and sitting in that vibration. When we face experiences in our life, it's gonna serve us greater to learn how to build the muscle of self-compassion and self-love than self-hatred and trying to, to find anything and anyone to prove why your situation is the way it is and especially to avoid it and to blame and where that leads a lot of people is into bitterness and bitter hearts long-term bitterness is is just going to end up leaving us in a place where we are going to feel unsatisfied bitterness is going to take life and years from us and nobody deserves to live with a bitter heart yet we cannot avoid what things that are going to happen in our life People are going to disappoint us. People are going to fall through on their word. You're not going to get that job. You're probably not going to get in that school or you might get into your second, third and fourth choice, but not your number one choice. You are going to face loss. You are going to face fights and different battles in your life. Everybody has the choice to become bitter. We all have experiences that can make us bitter and we can blame everything and anyone. But if we come from a place of compassion, we're able to heal our hearts, we're able to mend our worries, and we're able to let go of our past and our attachment to the past because we start meeting ourselves with the compassion that we need. You are bitter because you need compassion. Let's dive into the rest of these signs to look out for that you may be lacking compassion, that you're not aware that this could be adding to you lacking compassion and you could start bringing some awareness to that and making some shifts in your life. First up, are you someone who tends to control things or are you someone who tends to move towards the path of least resistant, which I would call the path of peace. (laughs) When we are constantly controlling things, we put up a block of compassion and understanding because we get so obsessed with our own agenda and our own ego's needs than the actual need that's going to serve the greater good. And if you are ever in a place of controlling, that's not going to serve you. It's always going to leave you frustrated. Every time that we try to control anything in our life, when life is just, it, it's unpredictable, we can't control anything but we can plan for things. But even though we plan for things, things can still happen. And so do you plan with an open flow to adjust and to be adaptable? Or are you controlling and do you get really bent out of shape when you things don't go your way and things don't flow right? That is a vital area to know about yourself and to know how you are behaving when those things happen, because those areas is where we start to really either slip away from compassion or we can actually start really strengthening our compassion muscle. Because when we become so fixated on the way that we want things to go, rather than making a plan and surrendering it, 
We start to get confused in what is actually priority and what isn't. And I know I'll speak for myself that I have found when I'm in times of my life of control and things aren't going the way I want, I have lacked compassion because I'm trying to control. And rather than surrendering it, I keep trying to control, but rather the control is actually just more of a self-sabotage. It's an attack on self. So be aware, be mindful of that. If you have the tendency to be more of a controlling person, you may also be lacking compassion in yourself and then also with the relationships around you. At the end of the day, we're all autonomous beings and we should not be acting like we always know better. Like just because you're in a relationship with someone or you've known someone for a long time, it does not mean that you always know what's best. Actually, you don't know what's necessarily best for someone else, but you do know what's best for you and you know what feels right for you. And so you express that, but never find yourself in a place of controlling because that is not compassion when we are controlling. Another sign to look out for that's a really important one is do you find time alone as solitude or do you find it as loneliness? Do you dread being by yourself or do you have excitement? Are you do you tend to be independent or do you tend to rely on other people? There's different areas where we'll we'll meet solitude and we could have planned solitude every day where we go and meditate, but we still maybe have a house full of people, but we'll go out to our backyard or we'll spend that time alone. Some people may even have They'll take a whole day where they get, they get to go be by themselves. Or some people even live alone. Regardless of which one I'm saying right now, I want you to, to focus in on the feeling. Do you feel like when you are by yourself from 10 minutes to an hour, is that solitude or loneliness for you? Do you have a hard time being in those places by yourself? And then also... When you're by yourself for long periods of time, do you ever plan to be by yourself for long periods of time? And when you are, does it feel like solitude or loneliness? We are social creatures and community is very, very important. But I also believe that it is important to have time to ourselves for us to process, for us to, ju- to digest our life and our circumstances and just to be within ourselves and to be able to pray, to be able to just have this flow and concentration, we should be able to spend time alone. So if you're spending no time alone, I believe that you're also, you may be lacking compassion in your life. We are able to consciously focus on ourselves and bring awareness best when we have sacred solitude, when we have that space by ourselves. And so if you're having no time by yourself, I want you to consider that and consider how it may be affecting other parts of your life, especially during times that you are being called to be more compassionate and you might not be. Another thing to consider and look out for, are you constantly dependent on other people? Are you able to do things by yourself? Are those times either loneliness or solitude? Again, it's okay like to to be social, to want to do things, but it's also important that if you have hobbies, if you have interests, if you have things that you want to do and not you're not surrounded by people who may share those interests or are able to meet those needs, that you still meet those needs because that's going to fill your cup up. That's going to light you up. 
And I know that at first it could be really challenging to kind of start taking a risk and, and stepping out depending on what it is. I know for me, one of the times that I've even spoken about on this show is when I decided to start becoming a solo hiker because nobody wanted to hike as often as I did. And I wanted to go more. And then I wanted to go in the winter. And at first, honestly, it wasn't that fun. It really was not that fun. I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. It was not that fun when I first went hiking because I was so anxious. I was so uncomfortable. I was so in my head and so worried and just thinking like having like obsessive thoughts of like bad things that can happen. But I pushed through because at the end of the day, I know that I really wanted to do this. I really wanted to be in in nature alone and start to have this solitude and learn that solitude because before that, I was really dependent. I did not do anything like that by myself. I would never do something like that by myself. That that would have like that's why it freaked me out so much when I went. And so I believe that that is also something to consider if you don't ever do certain things that you really want to do but you're you're constantly waiting on other people, which is causing you to be more reliant and dependent on other people and taking away from your independence. And so when we do the things that really light us up, those are the times where it's a little easier to have compassion and we need those moments that it's a little easier to have compassion so that you can learn it in the times that it's a little more difficult and when i started to gain awareness in myself and and when i started to push myself in the myself in these ways i was able to start seeing through this act that i was like oh wow this is like really a beautiful form of self-love. Like, look at me, like I'm pushing through my fears. I, I'm overcoming something that I thought I could never do. What a, a powerful way to, to love myself and honor myself. So consider that. What is something in your life that you may not be doing that, that you're holding yourself back that would really serve you and would really light you up? And even if it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable at first, move with the discomfort. Learn and explore your own limits, your own strength, your own power. Another sign that you are most definitely lacking compassion and self-compassion is if you always need to be right. Or when you're in an argument and you have to prove that you are right and then you gloat and celebrate the fact that you are right. Nothing screams ego more than behaving that way. Ego and compassion don't live in the same place. So if you are coming at something from a, an ego position, you are most definitely lacking compassion. And especially when we are in an argument with someone or a discussion with someone, you need to ask yourself, what is the goal of being right or being wrong? What is the purpose of this argument that you're even having? If your goal is not to always just come to an even ground with your partner, to find resolution with your partner, understanding and safety, because when you have to always be right, it's not a very safe environment that you are providing for the people around you. And also, I believe that this is a clear sign that you are lacking self-compassion because it shows that you celebrate when you are right and you probably hide when you're wrong. And you probably don't admit it either when you're wrong. When you are trying to prove something in your relationship like that, I ask you to come back to what's the main goal of your relationship and the conversation and the discussion that you're having. Are you trying to build a deeper sense of partnership and connection? Are you creating that safe environment for, for people and their faults? Is it safe within you to have faults? 
Are you able to take responsibility and not just blame what you can outside of you to explain what happened within you? Can you just take responsibility within yourself and then also be a supportive person when your partner is in that position? We know what it feels like to choose, quote unquote, the right and choose the quote unquote, the wrong. And it feels really great when you're in the right. I I get that. But also that's really ego because you don't need to be right. That's not the purpose of why you're even having this discussion with them. That should not be the purpose of why you're having any discussion or argument. And the hope is that you and your partner are able to understand each other. So when your partner and you are able to meet that common ground, you should be thinking. You should be thinking the fact that Now you guys are able to understand each other more deeply. You are no longer having the separation. You are no longer feeling disconnected. Thank God. Thank universe. Thank like gratitude that the the argument is over. If your first initial reaction is to be like, I'm right. See, I told you that's not compassion and that's not making a safe place. So if this is something that is familiar for you, I also want you to have compassion with yourself right now because the reason why you more likely are doing that is because you've been lacking compassion and you also lack compassion because you were not shown that that deep compassion. And maybe you might be shown it now, but because you haven't fully awakened your own full sense of self-compassion, you're not fully aware of it. So again, just reminding you that it's a muscle, be kind with yourself, but also be kind with everybody around you. Be clear on what your goals are and the intention and the harmony in which that you want in the relationships that you have. This one I really resonate with, and it was actually Brene Brown who said it, and I was like, damn, wow, I didn't even realize that. I did not even realize that as for me, like of lacking self-compassion and The way I call this section is like when affirmations just ain't cutting it anymore. And what she said was when I'm enough goes to am I really enough? I had thought that thought so many times. And when I began affirmations, I I believe I started to explore affirmations in 2019 as a way to help me rewire my mind from the repetitive negative thoughts I was having. And so I would say things like I'm enough, I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm beautiful. But subconsciously, like I kept thinking, am I really enough? Am I really enough? But I I never said it out loud. And then when she said that, I was like, holy shit, like that's so true. And that is such a clear sign of lacking self-compassion because when we are in a low, when we have met failures, when we have made mistakes, when we just feel the way we feel, even if it's not all the other things and we're just depressed and we're just in this vulnerable state of being, we fall victim to comparing ourselves to old versions of ourselves, to people around us, to anything and everything. And sometimes we still may try to find these affirmations. Sometimes we just drop them. But regardless, when we start thinking, am I really enough? It's because we're just in this really vulnerable place and this sense of separation with ourselves and the world around us. The answer is yes, you are really enough. But when you are thinking that, that's a clear sign that you are lacking compassion. There's better questions to ask than am I really enough? A better question to ask would be, 
how do I develop more skills to handle this time in my life? How do I surrender these feelings of less than? And even you come up with your own questions. The point is, is ask a better question. Because when the ego comes in, and that's the ego right there saying, am I really enough? That's imposter right there saying, am I really enough? And when you hear that, know that that's not you. That's not you. That compassion that you find within yourself, that's you. This one, some will really be like, yeah. And then others will be like, ugh. <laughs> and it's, um, you don't prioritize your physical health. That is one of the clearest, most clear signs that you are actually lacking compassion. Why? Because your body it literally keeps you alive. Your organs literally work 24-7 for you. And if you are not prioritizing your physical health, you're not taking care of your body. You're not taking care of your organs. You're not taking care of your brain, which then affects your cognitive functioning. It affects your immune system. It affects your nervous system. It affects your mobility. It affects it all. And those are all recipes of a lack of self-compassion. We can start with compassion simply by drinking an extra glass of water each day, by eating an extra fruit each day, by adding more vegetables to your diet each day, by going for a 20-minute walk each day, by doing some sit-ups and push-ups. You are a living organism. You are a plant. You thrive and this world thrives when you take care of your physical well-being. And I've said this in a previous episode, the fastest way to start healing your mental and emotional well-being and start getting it a little more regulated is by taking care of your physical health. Taking those baby steps of taking care of your physical health. I don't advise you to just dive right into changing your entire diet because it's going to be a process and you should absolutely consult with a specialist if you have the ability how to develop a plan that's going to work for you that you're going to feel happy and warm in. But take the time to explore your body. Take the time to add things. Try new fruits. Try new vegetables. See what works in your body and have fun with it. Your physical health needs to be prioritized. It needs to. And yeah, you can live until you're 80 and not take care of your health your whole life. But you're going to have a lot of pain, unnecessary pain. You're going to have a lot of issues. You're going to have teeth loss. You're going to have... Things are going to start popping up because your body can only do so much. So having compassion for yourself is having compassion for your body and what your body needs in order for it to function at its optimal level. So consider what does my body need in order for me to function? And using your water, using your juices, using your foods as ways of building compassion, praying to your, your water, thanking your food, thanking who, everything that went into providing this meal that is right in front of you. Last but not least, be mindful of how you seek validation and attention, whether it's through your social medias and posting, or it's in your personal relationships, or it's through your text messaging. However you're seeking validation and attention, 
could actually be harming your sense of self-compassion. When we are seeking validation and attention, we are outside of ourselves and we are putting it in other people's hands to make us feel good, to celebrate us, to applaud us, to see us, to witness us. And yes, those things are helpful. Yes, those things are needed to some extent. Yes, it's great to be hyped up, but you need to know how to validate you. You need to know how to celebrate you because there's many times in our life where it gets quiet and nobody's around and nobody's applauding us. You need to know how to applaud yourself when nobody else is applauding you. If you keep reaching outside of yourself of validation and attention, that's going to continue to perpetuate your separation of self-compassion within. So be mindful before you make a post. Who's it for? If it is not for you and for the greater good for all, don't post it because I that's going against you. You're taking away from your own compassion, your own love. Know who you're sharing your stuff for and know who is really applauding you in your life. And I hope that you are front row seat at your own damn show of your life, applauding yourself, celebrating yourself. When somebody says, who's it all for? It's for you and it's for the world. So those are the signs I have for you guys to look out for that you may be lacking self-compassion. And I hope that you're able to use this episode to start creating more compassion. Awareness is your greatest superpower. (laughs) And the more awareness that we have and then compassion that we meet with the awareness, we're able to start actually healing. Awareness can turn to great suffering without compassion. Know who's in the driver's seat whether it's ego or your most favored self. Because when awareness comes, compassion is needed. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you send this to a family or friend that you know would find value from this episode, from this podcast. Thank you all for always tuning back, listening, and don't forget to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and a rating on Spotify if you yourself have not done so and you have found value. I thank you guys so much. I love you and I'll talk to you soon. 